You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Yes, hello and you're very welcome to the Content Academy podcast. I'm Phil McGrath. Paul Caffrey is in the house. What up with it? I'm good, I'm good. Just had a, a fun L day. Uh, more about you, man. How are you keeping? Yeah, listen, it's been all good in Lehud. Um, and we have a beauty lined up today. We kind of got to indulge ourselves a little bit, Paul, I think. Yeah, it was well, it's enjoyable kind of talking about podcasting. Uh, that is the, the theme of the episodes we're trying to uh, mix things up and focus on themes. And um, yeah, it was refreshing because we're, we're doing it so many years now. And it was kind of nice just to knock heads against someone who, uh, I suppose, really challenges the way that we do podcasts. You know, it doesn't, doesn't conform to the format that we run. So that was quite interesting. Um, obviously, uh, our guest was Laurie uh, Amin, and, and she's got a ten-minute podcast, uh, and she releases six episodes a day, or six episodes a week. So um, a lot of work goes into that because, as you and me both know, the talking and the podcast is the easy part. It's everything else around that that is hard <laughs> to find. Yeah, listen, absolutely. I love nothing more than sitting behind the microphone, having a good chat with our guests. But the real work begins once the recording ends. And uh, Laura understands that obviously very, very well with the amount of work that she does. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, yeah. How, how far ahead she is in her podcast recordings. You'll hear that when we go through the show. And I, I, I'm still astonished. And we've just finished the call with Laura. And uh, my jaw is still on the floor. But there's loads in it about setting up your podcast, transitioning in your podcast, not being afraid to change it, monetization, which I know is a big thing a lot of people want to talk about in terms of having a podcast and how they can monetize it. And then how she promotes it and gets her guests involved and everything else in between. Show notes. Did I miss anything? Uh, I'm sure you did, but oh, let's let the guys listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, this is Laura Yamin from uh, the Say Yes podcast. Yes, so as I said, we have Laura Yamin on the line. Laura, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. No, thank you for agreeing to come on the show. It's great to have a chat with you today. I'm so excited. Paul, how are you, my man? Yeah, really good. Rare to go. Um, I'm doing this podcast standing up which is a habit I do from time to time. So looking forward to it. Just don't fall over. (laughs) That's it. If you you hear a crash, you know what it is. (laughs) Laura, I suppose before we get into the show, you might just give our audience a little bit of background on yourself, kind of where you started and what you're at at the moment. Yeah, so I'm a podcaster. I host a daily podcast called Say Yes Podcast. Um, There are about 10-minute episodes, and we'll be talking a little bit more about it. Um, But I started as a career coach working with millennial women and helping them figure out their job, you know, situation. So at that time, I ended up putting a new podcast called Not Safe for Work, and I did that for about a year and a half. And then I just fell in love with the the podcasting platform, so I decided to venture and do a second show. So that's where I'm at. Podcasting everywhere. Yes. <laughs> I'm very impressed because a daily podcast is tough slog. We put out two a week. Um, we know the work that goes into doing all that. So I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna be selfish in this one. I'm gonna chat to you about the whole process behind, yeah. you know, starting your show and how that came about. And we'll have a chat with one podcaster, well, three podcasters from Sorry, Paul. Yeah, I'm a podcaster. I podcast. <laughs> Come on. Sorry, dude. All right. Sometimes I forget you're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please continue. <laughs> so, I mean, how long have you been podcasting, Laura? I've been podcasting for about a year and a half. I started first as a listener. I just I was in a job that I hated, and I needed some distractions, so I started listening to podcasts. And then a friend mentioned, 
you know, you can totally do this. This is something you can actually do your do it yourself. And so I thought maybe I can actually give it a try. So that's where the Not Safe for Work started. I wanted to interview people and learning about their work life and how they actually have jobs that they enjoy. Um, because I was in a job that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it was very selfishly. And so the podcast started that way. I started interviewing people. There were The episodes were about 30 to 40 minutes long. Just a typical podcast style where it's just an interview and then just a set of questions. And, you know, packaged together and just, you know, podcast once a week episodes. Um, and I realized I enjoy recording episodes and I love, you know, getting to know new people, but I hated the post-production, especially the 30 minute, 40 minute long, um, episodes, which they take, they require a lot of work in terms of editing and just putting in, putting it all together into the podcasting file. Um, so I, one of my issues was the 30 minute, 40 minute long, I zone out for it. So I needed, I knew I needed something different. So I fell out of love for podcasting for about three months. I took a break from it and I knew I still wanted to do something. I just wanted to do something different. So that's where the new show came about. It was just something that I, I was an idea that felt like it felt very in alignment with who I was and who I am as a person. Um, but it will be something that I can match, which was 10 minutes long episodes, which were helpful for my attention span. So I was able not to zone out in my 10 minute episodes. Yeah, well, I mean, and also, you know, for people listening in, if they know they're tuning in for 10, 15 minutes, it also helps them, you know, pay attention and get get something from the show. But also you as yeah. the host, you've got to be really on the ball and kind of get as much information as you can within that space of time to make it something yeah. that people are going to come back and listen to. So, I mean, the idea for the show, um, I know you've moved on from the not safe from work. Where did the idea for the latest one, the Say Yes podcast, come from? So it was actually to would it would have been called things my therapist made me do. So my therapist had a thing about telling me to do things outside of my comfort zone, um, whether it was going speed dating, um, learning how to knit, um, trying new classes, just getting myself outside of that comfort zone. So I found myself doing it more and more, and I wanted to talk to other people who were also doing it. And I thought that would be an interesting concept to have. And so instead of saying things my therapist made me do, because not everyone had a therapist who made them do this stuff, I thought, how about say yes? You're saying yes to different things. So I wanted to create a podcast that was just, that was the conversation. It was just bite-sized episodes. There will be different episodes to different topics because I'm interested in multiple things. So I wanted to have that kind of episodes that were just creating you know, daily episodes that will have different topics related to moving to a different country, learning a new skill, learning a new language, um, pitching, doing, you know, adult reading. So they will do diversity of content to put out. I mean, straight away, that just smacks of being extremely difficult and having a lot of research and, and pre-production work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you actually go about planning that out and getting started? I, you know, I wish I can tell you it was a process where it's just doable and, you know, that I really spend massive hours of just researching topics. But, you know, I started just researching guests. I was looking for people who have interesting stories to tell, who will be happy to talk about their own experiences for 10 minutes long. Um, so I had a really good, a good idea of like people that I was interested in, I found in the internet. And then I started to really ask for referrals. 
So from those referrals, I started to get a sense, okay, these are interesting stories to share. I'm interested, I'm interested in learning more about it, or this is something that my audience will be interested to learn. Um, I also get feedback from the audience of topics that are more interested. Um, and some of the feedback I get it from basically downloads, how many downloads have been for that type of show. And other times it's just feedback from, hey, I really want to have more writing related courses or writing related shows. So I try to look for more writers to bring into the conversation. Oh, great. I mean, look, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, if you've got the right person in, then you just have to extract the information out, uh, I guess. Um, with it being like 10 minutes, so I suppose we're kind of in that traditional 30, probably 45 minutes for, for our shows at the moment here. Uh, and actually in our previous podcast lives when we spoke about football, we always tended to kind of come in around that, except for the odd self-indulgent hour and a half long episode mm-hmm. that tended to pop up every now and again. Um, how, we don't, we don't you... self-indulge, Paul, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know. They were fun, though. <laughs> they were um, I suppose the, the question is, you know, how do you make sure you get the most out of people in such a short space of time? I have, I asked really good questions. So I asked some big questions that you can answer. Um, I have an idea of what they were going to be telling me, what their say yes moment is from pre-talking to them. Um, and then I just start asking them, like, here's what I'm interested. In. And I just try to follow what, what I find it interesting. So I may ask follow-up questions or some things that I want to learn more about it. And then, you know, you get to the meet. And believe it or not, there's so much to be said within 10 minutes. You can have a full show experience there. Um, it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't require the 30, 40 minutes to get a full experience. You can get actionable steps from it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, you know, and I know I, I, I'm agreeing with you, but yet our show runs the format. It's just the way <laughs> we like to do it. But I mean, yeah. even in terms of translating that across into written content, you know, just because a standard blog post in your niche is a thousand words doesn't mean you have to stick to that. If you can convey the message you want to convey in a shorter space of time, then by all means do it because everyone is short on attention these days. So if you can yeah. condense that down, it's it's going to make you more noticeable. And certainly when people see a new podcast episode or a new article, they go, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to check that out. I have five minutes or I have 10 minutes. I know it's only going to take that long. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I did it selfishly. It was just my own. I didn't want to do spend lots of time post-production. And also, you know, for me, just I just knew my attention span was shorter. So I try to create a show that would be tailored to me, um, who I happen to have other people who are just like me, who have a short attention span and they find 10 minutes is just long enough for the information. Yeah, it's it's one of those things you have to scratch your scratch your own itch. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and it works out quite well. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued because obviously I know the work that goes into finding guests, researching, prepping, and then obviously the rec- the recording. Um, but the post production, as you've I've said before, is a real pain sometimes. Um, what do you do in terms of your post production strategy for your show? Um, so I do my editing. So that's something I still do enjoy doing. So I take care of that. I actually batch it and I do it um, two days a month. I do about 20 shows um, in those two days. So it's, I basically, I'll sit and do it for a few hours and just bang out as many episodes as I can for the editing. And then in terms of show notes, I actually don't write them. So I, I just outsource that to, um, to a few people who are able to start listening, who listen to my podcast, and then they can able to do, to actually write down a, a show notes for the pro, for the podcast. 
Um, and I found that that was super helpful because I, that was one area where I really did not enjoy doing. And I just kept it a bare minimum. I was saying, this is a person's cast and this is a topic. Um, I wanted to have some more meat in it and more SEO friendly. So I, you know, I outsource it to a writer. So I have writers who do that for me. Um, I mean, and I'm able to then focus on marketing the podcast and really sharing or doing the research for a new guest, coming up with different ideas of coming in. Um, I've been lucky in terms of guests. So I've, I've been lucky to get to be booked way ahead of time. So episodes I'm recording now are going to go live in October. So wow. I actually have a library full of episodes recorded um i've been really good about it i record about 10 up 10 episodes that's, a week that's so. i mean that's really really impressive because well, i mean myself we've spoke about doing kind of maybe a secondary kind of 10 minute podcast and now we were kind of more thinking of doing it as kind of short actionable tips not getting guests involved yeah. so it'd be probably very different to what you're, you're doing there um but I mean, we kind of figured, you know, that we didn't quite have the time at the moment because we we're kind of launching this and we've still a couple of other bits and pieces, uh, I suppose, going as well. Um, but to be able to get that far in advance until October is incredible. Cause, I mean, we were three months ahead until I selfishly went on holidays and we took a few weeks off. Uh, and now we're probably only a couple of weeks back. Um, I mean, did you just kind of like record like, or like, you know, a lot of podcasts over a period of three or four weeks for a year yeah. or, or is, is that um, what you did yet both the... yeah so i re started recording this podcast i would say february and i've had it as a marathon i've been recording about 10 episodes per week ever since then so i'm actually going to be recording all the way till june i have until june 25th that's the last day i'm recording episodes and then i'm finally giving myself a break from recording new episodes for a few months and then picking them up in the fall so I think what I may look at is to create a, mar a create a few marathons where I just basically sit down and record as many episodes as I can. And then I'm able to then focus on post-production and marketing the podcast, um, which is the other part that takes a lot of time. Well, that was something I was just going to ask you about. I mean, having such a large back catalog there and ready to go obviously requires the time to record. So mm -hmm. how do you manage to juggle the still recording but having to promote? Yeah, so I record three days a week. I have them set days or I record. So I record on Sunday afternoons about from a four hour, um, about two hour stretch from, from 4 to 6 p.m. And then I record on Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. Um, for both days. So there's just set times where I just do the podcast recording. Um, so it doesn't feel like I'm losing my mind. I, on Sundays, I work on the podcast. So Sundays is usually my marathon day where I do the editing and I do the show notes and all the different pieces that need to take care of. Mm. Um, and then so during the week, I can focus on just marketing um, primarily on Facebook is the, is the main area where I'm getting a lot of traffic. Um, but I also keep a catalog of tweets. I have them bulk, you know, ready to go on Buffer. So that's... And are you, here's one, here's one else. Are you using bulk Buffer to do all that or are you just using Buffer? Yeah. Yeah, I'm using bulk buffer. Yeah, it's a great bit of a great bit of kit. Um yeah. if you really want to get ahead of yourself, it's a fantastic way of doing it. Um yeah, no, I I'm really impressed because again, I understand entirely the, the pain um that it can be sometimes um for doing all that. 
Um, there was one thing you kind of you, you kind of touched on there that I just wanted to to go back on. You about your show notes that you've just recently started to outsource them. Yes. How much of a problem has that been getting it right, or have you found um, it's ran smoothly? No. So I auditioned six people, and I would say out of the six people, two were really good, and I'm probably gonna be hiring them again. I'm looking to outsource and find somebody, finding a third person. So have three writers to do it. Um, but you know, there were doozies. I have to, be, to admit. So I send out basically each new person. I send them a copy of one show and ask them, here's the keyword that I wanted to target and here's the topic. Um, and some, you know, decided to do their own research about the topic. And I was like, that's not what I'm asking for. Mm. Um, so I asked them to do yeah. a revision. Um, but you know, for the most part, you know, it's, it takes, a, you have to kiss a lot of frost to get to find the right person. <laughs> so I, you know, out of six, I found two, I think, I'm, you know, I would like to have a third one just because there's, there's about 20 episodes a month that they'll need show notes. Um, so I know I don't want to be front loading one person to do them all. So I'm looking to have a few people to do the work. Yeah, no, and outsourcing is something we've had struggle struggles with over the years, Paul. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, I think it's very smart having getting a, a group of people together. Um, I suppose particularly, uh, I suppose my experience was um, we tended to get one person and then we started to rely on them. Uh, and then they moved on for whatever reason. And then all of a sudden we were kind of stuck scrambling again. Um, now, I suppose the challenge I found was keeping three people happy uh, and paying yeah. them. Uh, is difficult because there possibly wasn't three people's work if, if you know what I mean so um, I guess then it's just a case of um, is it kind of freelancing and no desk and kind of or something like that and kind of taking a chunk of hours with them or is it a different arrangement you have with your outsourcers? So I'm outsourcing per episode so it's per show um, so it's not per hourly but it's per hmm. per post um, so that's what I'm paying for so I figure if they get at least five posts each um that least you know gives me there's still payment that i can do but that is manageable and i'm still getting the work done yeah yeah no that, that's a fairly sensible way of going, going about it and uh it is something that we should uh, anybody running any sort of business or even i suppose especially online business um outsourcing can free you up because there are so many tasks that we are probably best not doing, which is kind of can often be uh, difficult to admit. Uh, and I suppose essentially like show notes uh, in particular is one thing which it makes sense to actually outsource. So um, did you do that from the start, Laura, or is that something you just kind yeah. of recently introduced? I just recently introduced. I've been doing the show notes myself and I just kept it to the bare minimum of saying, here's the guest, here's what the guest is for, and then here are the contacts. And so I knew I wanted to bring more traffic to my site. And so SEO purpose needed more, more content. Um, and so I knew that this was not something that I really enjoyed doing. Um, I've been a blogger for years beforehand and I stopped loving writing. That's why I'm a podcaster. So I knew that it needed something different. So I figure outsourcing may be the best route for me. Yeah, makes absolutely makes sense. Um, I suppose here's an interesting one for you in terms of doing your show notes and obviously you're looking to get some keywords in there for SEO purposes. Um, what ones do you find are getting a little bit of traction or are, are you struggling to get traction with it because it's really just a podcast and how is the SEO working on the show notes for you? 
the show notes are working. I think there's there's specific keywords that work for you know the SEO like just the general SEO. They're mm. they're starting to move to getting some traction. But I think with iTunes SEO, which is a different SEO game, um, I'm starting to get much better about getting getting myself up in the search search route for specific keywords. Um, and so and you can see in the shows and how they've been downloaded for that reason. So um, I yeah, show about. Cool organizing i have a show about the organizing method and i use the organizing method name and so it actually when i do a search actually shows up in the top top ranking shell so and i know that because there's good downloads because of that so if people are looking for specific words they're finding it um on itunes they're able to then download the show that's clever i think straight away people are listening and going what seo optimized by podcast i, I didn't even know that yeah. was a thing <laughs> um, yeah. if people were looking to do it how, how would they go about doing it like what's the you know what are the steps to, to achieve being found i think you know having keywords in your title so having a word basically saying the title name so my the format that i have is basically the number of the show um, what the show is about. So I just have a title, you know, usually just one or two keywords around it. And then the guest name. I keep, I actually for a while was without the guest name and I noticed that it wasn't, it wasn't easy to search. So if people are looking for the same guest for other podcasts, then you want to have the guest name and the title. And then the other SEO, you know, um, you can stop SEO keywords on the description of the show. So you can ask, you can add guest names who are showing up, um, specific things that they talk about, specific topics. So when they're searching for shows, they'll find that that's something that's relatable too. That's cool. Uh, and again, I mean, as having that in with, I suppose, the description uh, and other areas makes sense. Um, have you ever looked at transcripting your podcasts? That's something that um, I suppose we've never really done. Um, <laughs> probably because when we were talking football, it was half of it was banter and didn't <laughs> didn't necessarily wasn't needed. But um, is there anything you, you've played around with before, Laura? I haven't played around with it. I know it's something that can be done, and maybe I'm I may look at transcribing a few episodes and just create blog posts out of it. Um, so repurposing the content, I'll probably look at it as that. I don't think I'm going to have my show's transcripts and available as just as an added feature. It's just not something, at least for my, you know, the, the grand picture of what I want the podcast to be. I transcription is not one of the things that I that I'm I'm passionate about, and so I'm not planning to add it on. Um, but I'm probably going to be transcript transcribing a few episodes and then repurposing them as podcast as a as a blog post. Yeah, I think that makes sense because I mean, just blanket transcription is is fairly costly just to add on for the sake of adding it on. But I mean, if there's a there's a couple of posts there which are a couple of uh, shows which you think could turn into powerful posts, um, I yeah. think that makes sense, you know. And I mean, even ourselves, I mean, we've we've actually even targeted some guests to come on the show just down to the the blog post that they've released, not even necessarily uh, about the site or other stuff that they're doing. So um, that can also be a, an interesting way to get found and also gain traffic at the same time. Um, about equipment, this is something which comes up again and again for people podcasting. So, um, I mean, what equipment would you recommend people to use? You know, I keep it simple. So I actually just have a blue snowball, a USB microphone. That's what I use. Um, I record on Skype with the call recorder 
And then I also record on conference call for, for those who don't have Skype. So I use a conference call um, service. So I have to ask you a question. Sorry to cut across yeah. you, Who doesn't have Skype? I have people who don't have Skype. That is that is true. So I do have quite a few. So I've just gotten used to just using the conference call number. Friends, we've had that happen once or twice, uh, and shows haven't went ahead due to that. Literally only once or twice, but yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, there's some non-Skype users out there, Phil. I know. I just don't understand it. It's, it doesn't cost <laughs> you anything. Just go and sign up. You have an email address. Go and do it. Let's <laughs> let's make life easy for everyone. Help me help you i know i, well, know. I you're, I'm, I'm actually laughing at your setup as well it's very similar to what i use now i have a blue yeti instead of the snowball yep. um yep. and pretty much everything else runs exactly the same yeah and so i use GarageBand to edit my shows um yep. i use libsyn to host the show no. um i i <laughs> tag the shows in id3 so yes. it's a fairly similar fairly basic you know podcasting setup that i have yeah, and it's very similar to what we do here. Um, I do use um, GarageBand to edit, but I actually find it a little bit time-consuming. So the, what I've started actually using is um, ScreenFlow. Oh, Imp cool. Importing the audio into ScreenFlow and just just editing the audio in there, it's actually a lot quicker. Mm, and then I put, and then what I, once I've done the edits, I would then put it in to GarageBand and be able to cancel out some background noise, tidy it up, make it sound a bit crisper and cleaner. But just in terms of edits, it's a lot quicker to use ScreenFlow, I found. No, it isn't. But if you're used to it and you've got a process, as everyone does, your process becomes like second nature to you and you can fly through these things. So, like, I'm again, I'm very impressed by the amount of shows you've got covered off and everything that you're doing over there. But here's the thing. It's a business. Mm-hmm. So what's yes, your money? This is the one thing people speak to me about. They say, "Oh, well, you've got a podcast." I'm like, "Yeah, well, we we obviously we've got we've got the site running and we've got our academy and everything else." So, but I mean, for people who are just running podcasts, I always say, "Well, why don't you do it?" And they go, well, "I can't make money off a podcast. How? Where can I monetize that?" <laughs> and that's, so I actually, it's so wrong. I yeah. So I actually monetized the podcast. I did as an experiment. I asked past guests to sponsor the podcast, and so I ended up making six hundred dollars within the first month. Um, I still, I'm still making money. I'm still monetizing it by asking for, for sponsor posts, which is basically in the beginning of the show. Um, I'll do a, I'll do a read about their program or service. Um, that's the way that I'm monetizing. And then I'm also monetizing by actually coaching other people starting their own podcast. Since I'm actually passionate about this topic and I have systems in place to create this type of project as a daily episode. So I have a few people who are about to start a podcast this summer. So I'm helping them actually go through the process and doing it. Excellent. So leads me beautifully into my next question. One piece of advice for anyone out there who's listening to this, listening to us talking about podcasting on a podcast. What goes, you know what? If they can do it, I can do it. I want to start. One piece of advice for them before they start, what would it be? I think just identifying why you want to have the podcast and who you're targeting. So knowing that is going to help you kind of like come together with the type of show you want to create. And don't be afraid of breaking the rules. Just because everyone is doing the same format doesn't mean that that's the only format that's available for a podcast. I think you have, you're, you're the producer. You get to really call in the shots. So really have fun creating calling the shots and how you want the, the show to look like and what it is, what feel does it you want to have. 
Yeah, I, I really like that. And it's, it's something we've learned, Paul. I know you'll agree with this is that when we started out our podcast, our football podcast, we just did it ourselves. That's how we started out. It was myself and Paul, and we're shooting the breeze talking about football. And then we got picked up by the radio station, and we're, we're broadcasting nationally then with our show. And we got a producer in. And Andrew was a fantastic producer and taught us so much over the, the course of the four years, Paul? Five years? What are we at? Yeah, well, it was, it was four years we worked with Andrew. Four years with Andrew, and he taught us so much about the nuances and of radio, which we were able to, we were doing live radio broadcasts and podcasting, um, mm. and the nuances and been able to change and give us direction and and even you know just taking the time to listen back to the shows. He'd obviously produce and do all the editing and stuff, and he used to send us shows and say, "Listen to this." here's what I'm seeing the problem or here's what you're doing really well. This is what we want to try and start pushing towards, or this is what we want to try and steer, steer away from. Um, but just not being afraid to, to take that and move on and, and learn from it and, you know, evolve the show over time. I mean, I've no doubt that, you know, we could hit 150, 200 episodes and the show might completely change just to keep it fresh and things we've learned over, over the past 150, 200 episodes, you know, to be able to move on like that. Mm, that's amazing yeah, I think I, what was quite interesting was when we started we came up with a format um, and it was I mean, like the format it was pretty much talking about the news you know what was going on in the football that weekend and then we basically launched into some games that we wanted to talk about in more detail uh, and then kind of you know summarising the rest and we had a nice flow and, and that was something which was, was very very useful because in the beginning, like it really helps to keep me on track, especially as like, okay, we're going to do 45 minutes. Okay, we'll have five minutes on this, 10, 15 on that. Because what I did find was in early episodes, God, we just go off and so many tangents and you just realize, oh, time's up and we haven't addressed it. So I would say starting out that you should have some sort of, um, I suppose, uh, format in place. Uh, and I think the other thing which helped was... Um, we had a couple of goals when we started. So we initially started our football podcast that was intended to have four people on it. Um, and we actually only got one episode <laughs> recorded. And it just didn't work. <laughs> now, we, we didn't decide, you know, well, look, that's it. It doesn't work. We actually went and changed. And we realized, yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't fit four people, that style of show. So we stripped it back to between two of us and went that way about it. So I suppose, again, the other thing I'd say is, you know, even if the first couple of episodes are awful and it's not working, don't be afraid to kind of start again uh, and be brutally honest with yourself, you know. Um, so, I mean, there were two things I think helped us get going. I suppose the final thing, which, you know, for me, I thought was, was very, very uh, surprising was when we were doing our football podcast, you know, the listeners got the podcast for free. You know, it's a free piece of content. Like this podcast, it's free. It's out there. Uh, but we did we did get criticism for actually not getting podcasts out on time. You know, mm. actually, some of them were negative emails. Some of them were saying some really mean stuff. <laughs> and uh, it was true. actually like, and I remember, I think Andrew, the producer at the time, kind of, he sat me down and went, well, I was going to get annoyed. But I go, how can someone say? And he's like, Paul, they have a weekly routine. They are they enjoy listening, and you've basically messed up their trip to the gym or their commute to work. They're disappointed that you haven't actually followed through and delivered the content at a consistent time on a consistent yeah. basis. Um, so they may have poorly, um, you know, expressed their feelings, but ultimately it is a compliment to get a reaction that someone actually went and took the time to write the email. Um, and yeah. so I suppose I took from that was 
try not to let your audience down. You know, if you say you're going to release your podcast on a certain day or a certain time, try stick to it as much as you can. Look, things will happen and maybe you won't, but ultimately, like, you know, don't put things on the long finger. If you can get out on time, do it. Yeah, I think consistency, just having a consistent show, knowing that your show is going to be on live every Thursday, they have, it's part of the routine. They expect the show to be every Thursday. Um, in my case, the show goes daily from Monday through Saturday. So I have shows on those days and they release at 3 a.m. So I know in the morning they can download the show. Um, just having consistent, just being consistent about it, it helps. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite podcasts? Do you listen to podcasts now at the moment? Do you record so many or you know, it's a mix of it. So I do, I do listen to some podcasts. Um, not as much as I used to back when I was in a, in the day job. Um, so I'd listen to startup. Um, I do like that, uh, that podcast, the way, the way the narrative goes. Mm. Um, I listen to the lively show. I enjoy the interviews that she does, the way she interviews different people. Um, and then I and listen to Serial. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of on the podcasting oh, yeah, bandwagon. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you know, I enjoy Serial. Um, I listen to the first season at least once every quarter. At least I listen to all ten of them. You know, it is by far one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, no, that's very cool, and that's one that gets recommended. Love, I've, you know, I think ever since making a murder, it's been going. You, you have to check this podcast out. Go do it. So, so it's, uh, it's on my list of shows to download. What about yourself, Phil? What's what's in your ears? What are you listening to uh, at the moment? Oh, I'm I'm talking I'm talking listening to Gary V at the moment. Um, he has mm. implanted himself in my brain over the mm. last couple of weeks. I've been working my way through his back catalogue of shows, uh, the Ask Gary V Show, and I'm really enjoying them at the moment. Um, yeah, he he gets in my brain. Yeah, I think his style of doing things and his philosophy on on work and everything else is kind of similar to my own. And uh, I think after 20 minutes of listening to Gary, I'll, I'll go punch through. I, 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 I can punch through yeah. walls. I'm ready for anything. It doesn't matter. Come up, bring it on, throw it at me. Um, so especially first thing in the morning, cup of coffee, Gary in my ears. I'm set for the day. You're ready to do it. Like that's it. it. That's it. Um, Laura, I'm um, conscious we're getting on for time, so I don't want to hold on to you for too much longer. I kind of asked you a question about for our guests and one thing that they could do, you know, starting off that you'd recommend. And this is a question I ask all of our guests, which is framed slightly differently. But what's the one thing, the major thing that you've learned since you've started podcasting that you wish you knew at the beginning? Um, I think that the value of systems and setting up times to do it, it really makes a difference. I think there's so different, so many moving parts that come with creating a podcast, whether it's researching, guest recording editing marketing and so really setting up times to do it as opposed to getting overwhelmed by all the things that needs to get done um it makes a difference especially putting a daily show it makes you know it makes a world of a difference and i'm able to accomplish it all obviously systems when you're doing something like that are highly important and I, i've just realized i just said it i haven't even touched on the marketing side but so what kind of if you don't mind very quickly just run through what your promotion strategy looks like for your shows um, so I email the guests and let them know where they where the show is live, and I email them with a few social media shares. So I just included that. I upload that into a library of social media shares. So I upload that to Bulk Buffer for Twitter and LinkedIn. So I do promote my show on LinkedIn too. Um, and then I do native. So I actually go on Facebook and I I promote the event and promote the podcast in Facebook. 
So those are the main, the main areas where I do on a daily basis. Um, and then I send an email to my list um, once a week, just an email kind of like challenge with a few of the, creating a few content, a few, few podcasts for them to start listening related to the challenge of the week. So that's, those are different strategies. Um, I ask guests to rate and review the show because it does help in the iTunes algorithm. Absolutely. Um, and I encourage guests if they, if they feel compelled to share their interview on their email list, because I noticed that those, those shows do really well if they're being shared by the email list. Excellent. I love it. I'm just curious to see what you do. There's not a whole lot different there um, from what you've told me to what we do. Um, we, we like to create nice infographics, not infographics, but quotes with our images of our guests and we put them out yeah. on, on Instagram and stuff like that. Or, or I'll even have a recording on Snapchat of the literally 11 seconds of the interview. Maybe it's an interesting quote I've pulled from it and I'll play that oh, over Snapchat um, or 15 seconds of it over Instagram, something like that. Or even when I'm recording a po- or editing a podcast, I'll take a picture of the screen and say, you know, coming tomorrow is such and such. You know, so it's all very similar, but it's just about being creative about how you can do it. And I'm just always interested to see how other people manage because I always get the same question about how do you promote an audio show on, on something that's visual? I mean, well, very simple. You just create a little video, take a picture. You know, there's, there's ways around yeah. it. I was just curious to see what you do. So I love that it's very similar to what we do in terms of the email that goes to guests, which you'll see, um, and everything else that's in between. Um, Paul, I'm all out of questions. That is not like you. Um, I do have one last question, though, and I know we're very tight for time, um, so I'll make it brief. Um, what do you make of the other um, podcasts and platforms? Do you share your show on Stitcher uh, and uh, these places? Google Play. Yep, yeah. I do. So Stitcher, Google Play. I'm an Android, so I don't have an iPhone. Um, so even though my show does really well on iTunes, I personally don't get to listen on iTunes. So I do have, I do make sure that there's different Android, um, podcast, you know, feeds. So, so I do, I took the time to upload it. It's, you know, it's a no brainer. It only takes you 10 minutes to just do the work and then it's set and set and forget. So that's a good one. So what platforms are you, what other platforms are you on apart from iTunes? Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spreaker, um, and then a few other that they're kind of that I don't remember, but I know I posted the RSS feed. Yeah, yeah. you remember just popping it in. And actually, that's something which, um, yeah, one of uh, a close friends was chatting to me. He's like, I have a Windows phone. I was like, okay, okay, give it to me. I'll show you how to set it up. There you go. Um, well, that's cool. And it is important to, to get on some of the other podcast directories because Although iTunes is the most important, it's not solely about it. So um, that is cool. Okay. Um, you know, the problem is you do a, like a nice short 10-minute podcast, and we mm-hmm. normally do like a 40-minute podcast. And I have the feeling that we're running over on time because it's a topic that we're all uh, so into. So uh, I'm going to thank you for coming on. Uh, Phil, yeah. you already said you have no more questions here. I'm out. to ask any more. No, I'm out. Them. Um, <laughs> Laura, if people want to get in touch, how can they find you? They can find me on my website. So it's sayyespodcast.com. And then they can check me out on Instagram at Mean. Excellent stuff. We'll make sure to have links to all those in today's show notes for anyone who wants to drop you a line and say, hey, Laura, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Uh, keep up the fantastic work and the, the Trojan work that you're doing, being so <laughs> far ahead in your recordings. And uh, enjoy your break when it comes around. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. 
And that was Laura Yameen from the Say Yes podcast, who was kind enough uh, to come on our show for nearly 40 minutes with her podcast, or only 10 minutes in length. So thank you very much for that. In fairness, I was, um, la- I was laughing towards the end. I'm kind of going, Laura would have four podcasts recorded by now, and we're still Laura, here talking. Yeah. That's it, yeah. We're still on board. Um, I found it a very fun episode. Um, and some topics popped up that I think a lot of people might not might gloss over. So, for example, one being iTunes SEO. You know, you want your podcast to get found, so you should really be uh, making an effort to target keywords. And I also liked how she kind of brought those keywords into her show notes and outsourced that, but again was focusing on getting visitors and traffic um, from say the blog to the podcast and also within iTunes itself so even uh, I even ID tagging the podcast pod is something that people probably have no idea even exists if you're not doing it and you're kind of thinking about starting a podcast there's little nuances like that that you need to discover that will help you in terms of getting eyes on the eyes and ears on the on the show and, and getting it up in those rankings Yes, yeah, and look, ID tagging is very simply, um, it is embedding keywords into the audio, so that when your audio file is, you know, out there in whatever podcast directory, if it's iTunes or anything else, um, there are words associated with it, which means it will get found easier, and most people don't do that. I mean, as I can tell you, when we started out a few years ago, there was no IT, ID tagging done on our probably our first year of podcasts. I don't now, even think it was around, Paul. And obviously, yeah, it was a different yeah, time when we did it because there, there weren't, I guess, yeah, there weren't as many podcasts, um, especially around the topic we were speaking in the market. So we kind of had this slightly captive audience to a sense. So we didn't have to worry about these things. But now it's a different ball game. It's a different pitch even. And uh, we've got to start worrying about all this kind of stuff. And, you know, Laura's experience in doing what she does and, she doesn't have to record a show until October. And she still has six shows going out a week. I mean, that's that's incredible. But I mean, even, I mean, we've spoken about this uh, and I know I've, you know, at length about doing a second podcast alongside this podcast um, and kind of doing a daily show. I can't imagine taking that on and having to get a guest. You know, that's, that's what, 310, 315 guests per year. That's that's incredible it's a lot of work and you know fair play to her she is a real real credit of course folks if you want to get anything from today's show notes you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 29 for all of the notes from today but i think we went on long enough with laura paul we'll wrap it up there and we'll chat to you soon yes peace out